0: morning if you would like to turn to page 524 in your pew bibles um isaiah 55 verse 1 through 7 right? hey. come all you who are thirsty come to the waters and you who have no money come by and eat Come, buy wine and milk, without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Hear me, that your soul may live. I will make you an everlasting covenant with you my faithful love promised to david see i have made him a witness to the people a leader and a commander of the peoples surely you will not summon, surely you will summon the nations you know not and the nations that you do not know will hasten to you because of the lord your god the holy one of israel for he has endowed you with splendor Seek the Lord while he may be found, call him while he is near. Let your wicked forsake his way and your evil men well, and the evil men his thoughts. This is the word of the Lord.
1: We're going to start looking at this passage today and then we're going to we'll explore more of it next week. But this passage of scripture in Isaiah is set in an amazing place. Just two chapters before, we have the description of what Jesus Christ did for you and I. It's the picture of the suffering servant, where he was wounded for our sins, where he was bruised for our iniquities. And The stripes of God's wrath fell upon him for us. It's a picture of unimaginable love because there's a separation between you and I and God because of our sin. And yet God was willing to give himself. God the Son laid down his life in order to have a relationship with us, to pay the price That our sin deserved. And so it is in that context. Of incredible beauty. Of amazing gift of love. That he says come. And and I love the way some of the translations actually render verse 1. Because some of them say ho or hey or look here. It's basically saying, I want you to get this and not miss it, because God, through the prophet Isaiah, is saying, this is incredibly important. It is my invitation for you to come and find something that really, really satisfies. So that brings us to the cup. This cup, I want you to think about it from the terms of, what is it that you are drinking? Not A literal drink necessarily, although I suppose it it could be that in some cases, but what is it that you are pouring into your life and you are expecting refreshment? What is it that you are consuming your life about hoping that it will revive and renew you? It could be good things, it could be um, a career, maybe it's position. Maybe it's your education. These are good things. They're great things, important things. Maybe it's smaller things. Maybe it's um, getting, you're working towards getting um, that next item. Maybe it's stuff. Maybe it's comfort. Maybe it's a relationship. What is it that, in essence, you're drinking expecting refreshment? Because what this passage is telling us is if we are counting on anything other than God himself to bring refreshment and wholeness to our life, it's going to end up like a big blue dog. Just like Bill said. Because here's what happens. The pursuit of things that are smaller than God never deliver. But while we're pursuing them, The getting of them has great reward in those moments, but the having ends up going on the shelf. So if you're like me and and I put down some of my cups, I have a cup of comfort. I like to be comfortable. I have a cup of stuff. I do have a lot of Apple products. I confess before you all here, I have a MacBook, I have an iPad, I have an iPhone. But it's just stuff. It's good stuff. Okay? It's, it's good stuff. It's it's no offense, it's better than Samsung. Just I'm just putting it out there. I know this is drawing lines in the sand, but it's true. It's good stuff. Position. Maybe you're working and you're driving And you're thinking, you know, if I can just get that promotion or that next job. I used to be incredibly ambitious when I worked in the television industry. And you know what? As soon as I got the job, I found out all the things that came with the job. And I really didn't like the job anymore. I kind of wished I had the simpler job I had before. Anybody else had that? Yeah, sometimes position just doesn't deliver. And you find out it's a big blue dog. Our intellect, sometimes I drink, I want folks to be impressed with me. Now, most of you have known me now for a while, so this isn't working anymore. <laughs> but, but you know, early on, I would drink of this and you would think, oh, yeah, Drew's semi-smart. And then, you know, you had a conversation with me and you found out maybe that wasn't so true. Reputation, sometimes that's what we're looking for. That's what we're living for. All these are good things, or at least they can be good things. But good things can become God things if that is what we are counting on to make a difference in our life. What God is saying is an essence. I want to give you something that lasts. Something that refreshes all that you are. We've been looking and exploring this idea of being undone so that we can We can enter in the presence of God and really encounter Him for who He truly is. That is where life is found. That is where we get refreshment. These other things that we pursue, these other things that we drink, are temporary. And they do no more to quench our thirst than drinking salt water. They only leave us more and more thirsty. So let's just take a couple minutes, we're just going to begin a little bit, and look at the provisions in this passage for a life that is undone. And the reason that it's undone is so that we can be overwhelmed with the awe of God. Come everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and you labor for that which does not satisfy? Here in this passage, Isaiah is tying together um, some themes that are going to spread throughout the Scripture. In the Scripture, water is used oftentimes to portray a refreshment of the soul. Ultimately, it is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It is He that draws our souls to God for salvation to begin with, It is he that comforts us when we are broken. It is the Holy Spirit who revives us when we are weary. And so God's invitation, first of all, is to come to him. For he alone can revive your soul with the living water of his presence. He wants to give us to drink of himself. But secondly, he uses another image here where he says about wine. Now, wine gladdens the heart. Just as water revives the soul, wine gladdens the heart. In the scripture, wine is used to represent forgiveness found in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And that's why it gladdens the heart. There is nothing more gladdening. Is that even a word? Excellent. If it's not, it is now. There's nothing that makes us more joyful than knowing we're at peace with God, that we're forgiven. Because it takes all the pressure, all the weight, all the insecurity off of us. And so when God chose this representative symbol, when he said in the Lord's Supper and communion, which we're going to celebrate in just a few moments, when he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant. It is forgiveness. It is my blood being poured out for you to cover over your sins, it was a gift given to gladden our hearts. It's also something that's absolutely necessary because the only way we can have a right relationship with God is to trust in what Jesus Christ has done. And so he chose this cup. Later on in the passage, and we'll we'll explore this more next week, but he talks about the covenant. And it's interesting that in the Lord's Supper, in communion, the bread, the matzah that is used was borrowed from Passover. It was a symbol um, that was commanded to be eaten at Passover. And it was a reminder of how God provided manna in the wilderness. It also was a picture of sinlessness because it was unleavened. In Passover, there was a cup. Actually, there's four cups as well, but they were not commanded in the Scripture to be a part of it. What you're commanded to do in Passover is to to remember the Passover lamb, to eat of the lamb because it was a substitute that would take the place um, so that death would pass over the house. And you were to eat the bitter herbs, a reminder of the bitterness of slavery. And you were to eat matzah, the bread, reminding us that God is the one, is our provider. But in the celebration, though it's not commanded in the scripture, throughout The tradition of Passover, there was the cups that go along with Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. And the cup that Jesus uses for the Lord's Supper is called the cup of redemption. It is that cup that becomes the new covenant. And a covenant is incredibly important. Because a covenant isn't like a contract. In a contract, two parties agree to do something, and if one party drops out, then the contract is broken. But God offers us a covenant. A covenant is dependent upon the covenant maker, which is God himself. Even though we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. And that is why his forgiveness, what Jesus Christ did for us, is so gladdening to the heart. Because I don't know about you, but I come to the Lord so often and have to confess my sins, oftentimes the same sins, over and over again because I failed. But I'm not relying on my ability to not sin. I'm relying upon the sacrifice of Jesus Christ to cover over my sin and over your sin. Because he is a covenant-keeping God. So the wine gladdens the heart. And then in the scripture, he says, milk as well. Milk nourishes the spirit. The milk is the nourishment of God's word. Just as the milk of an animal or of a mother gives life and strengthening nourishment to the body, so too the milk of God's word strengthens our spirit. It is his word that enables our faith to grow. When we see how God has dealt with us in the past, his faithfulness in our life and in the lives of others, it enables us to trust him for the future. That's why we're encouraged like newborn babes to deeply thirst for the milk of God's word, for the nourishment that he provides. And the last symbol that he uses is that of bread. Because bread satisfies our life. Jesus said, I am the bread of life, in John chapter 6, verse 35. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus offers us himself. He offers to fill us with the fullness of who he is. And so we see here in Isaiah chapter 55, just in these first couple of verses, we're seeing a preview of the Lord's Supper of communion where the bread that represents Jesus Christ, the bread of life, the one who can fill us, is being offered. An invitation is given to you and to me to come and receive from God of what he offers. And he offers the cup of the new covenant as a way for us to find forgiveness by trusting in him And knowing that he will not only cleanse us and forgive us of our sins, but cover us in his righteousness. You see, this passage is pointing to something that is coming. It is prophetic in pointing to Jesus Christ and to the Lord's Supper. But here's the thing. He goes on to the passage and says, don't waste your money on the things that will not satisfy. Don't waste your money, don't waste your life on trying to get the blue dog, even though it's fun in its pursuit, it won't satisfy. So here's the here's our invitation today. We're going to come and we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper in just a moment. And I'm going to explain it a little bit more. We're going to take a little more time the service is going to run a little over today, but it's worth it. But here's the thing I want you to ask yourself. What is it right now that you've been counting on? That you're thinking, when I'm able to fill my cup with that, position, comfort, reputation, success, whatever it is, when that cup is full, Will it last? Because that's what you're living for right now. And the truth is, whatever that is, if it's something other than God himself, even if it's a good thing, it can become an idol. God's invitation in this passage is to come. All who are thirsty, come. But here's the thing. He asks us to put down our cup and take his because he is the only one who can quench our thirst so when we come today for communion i'm going to ask you to think about what this is in your life and when you come i want to invite you to bring that cup with you and just say lord i've been trying to drink of my own resources I've been trying to drink and satisfy my life with something other than you. And so I'm going to put my cup down and instead, today, I'm going to take yours. Do that as a symbol of obedience and do that expectantly that God will fill your life. You see, the only way he can fill you is if you're willing to let go of that which you've been trusting on in his place. See, we can trust in our good works, in our abilities. We can trust in the fact that we think we're better than others, even though we're not. But none of those things can ever bridge the gap between us and God. And they can't fill us either. But God is offering you and I an incredible invitation to come and receive from Him. The Scripture tells us that before He suffered, Jesus took bread, He blessed it, He gave it to His disciples saying, this is My body which is given for you. And He took a cup He blessed it as well. He passed it out to his disciples and he said, This cup is the new covenant. It is the cup of my blood which is poured out for the forgiveness of many. And he offered those two symbols as a memorial, as a reminder to us that he himself is the only one who can give us life and salvation and satisfaction. So when we come to the Lord's Supper, we're instructed in 1 Corinthians to do so reverently, to examine our hearts, to see what there may be in us that is limiting our fellowship with God. Now, the first limitation is that we've never trusted in Him. And so therefore, the Lord's Supper or communion is designed for believers It is not simply symbols, it is an act of faith. It is an expression of trust in what Jesus Christ has done. And so therefore, when you come to the table, you are saying, Lord Jesus, I trust in what you did on the cross, in your death, burial, and resurrection, that you are the one who has taken my place and provided a way for a right relationship with you. And so communion is designed for believers. Because it is an act, an expression of faith and trust in God. Some of you may not be at that point yet. But God is inviting you. He's simply saying, would you trust me? Would you come? And what he asks us to do is simply call upon the name of the Lord. Whoever will call upon the name of the Lord, the scripture says, will be saved. You can receive him right now. You can come to him right now by simply calling and saying, Jesus, would you save me? It's no more difficult than that. But it's a matter of saying, I'm letting go of whatever else I've been trusting in, and I'm going to trust in you right here and right now. Scripture also tells us, though, for believers to examine our heart and to not partake of the Lord's Supper in a manner that is unworthy of his sacrifice to not remember what he has done. That he is the one who gives life. And so we are to examine ourselves. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is given for you. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is Is the new covenant in my blood? Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number have fallen asleep. But if we judged ourselves, we would not come under judgment. So I want to invite you to come, but reverently. Spend some time. We're going to sing and have some music. But it's going to be an opportunity to come and partake of the bread and of the cup that represents what Jesus Christ has done for us. While that's going on, I want to invite you just to do some business between you and the Lord. Ask Him what He wants to do in your heart and life. Ask Him if there's things that you're trusting in other than Him. Ask Him for the courage to be able to Let go of that cup and drink fully of him. Maybe you have spiritual questions. Maybe you have a prayer need. As we celebrate communion, I'll be down here in the front and you can just come along and ask me any questions. I can pray with you. Maybe you have questions about what it means to follow Jesus Christ, to to become a Christian. i will be happy to answer that as best I can and to pray with you. So in a moment after we pray, I'm going to ask for um, our servers to come and we're going to just go in a time of worship of the Lord by celebrating the Lord's Supper. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, words cannot express the gift that you have given us in your Son, Jesus Christ. Well, we thank you for him. We thank you for your heart that was willing to, To place all the wrath, all the judgment that we deserved, you placed upon your son. His body was beaten, was bruised, it was pierced, was nailed to a cross to bear my sin, to bear our sin. His blood was poured out, that which was holy. And pure and perfect. Flowed down from the cross. To cover over our sin. Lord how can we thank you. For a gift. For a heart that is like that. And then Lord. You not only forgive us. But you offer to fill us. If we will be willing to come and drink of you. To receive Your life, your spirit, your presence. Lord, far too often in my own heart and life, I pursue you, I pray to you, I implore you for your gifts rather than for you yourself. So Lord, today I set down those cups and I ask to simply drink of you. I come to you. Lord, I ask that you would fill hearts and minds and lives today. Enable us to know you, to see you, and to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Invite our servers to come and we'll celebrate the Lord's Supper.